Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Norse and Germanic traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. However, be warned, this episode features violence and some sexual content. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. There was a shimmering sound and a flash of light as Frigg appeared on the mountainside. She had arrived in Jotunheim after traveling for who knows how long in search of the giantesses that would spin her enough gold to build a kingdom. She stepped through the portal created by the small, silver device in her hand. A blue cloak whipped around her body. Her auburn braids were buffeted by the wind. She looked about, unsure of where to go next. She could just make out a craggy peak through the snow. It was Galopigan, the tallest mountain in the Nine Realms. She resolved to make it to the top. Frigg braced herself against the icy wind. Each step took extra effort due to the depth of the snow. But soon she found herself just beneath the peak in a clearing with three stone chairs. There was a rush of sound as three purple portals opened above each seat. The giantesses had arrived. They were ancient, just as craggy as the mountain. Their bald blue heads sat atop bodies with rolls of fat and sagging breasts. Their only clothing was several pieces of jewelry fashioned from animal bones. Most would bow when coming before us. I bow to no one. You risk offending us before even asking for what you seek. And what is it you think I seek? <laughs> Gold, of course. You Aesir are like babies with a shiny new toy. All you ever want is gold. I care nothing for gold. Gold is but a means to an end. And what end would this be? A kingdom. My own Asgard, to rival Odin's. Now that is interesting. Will you help me build it? No. I refuse to accept that I have come all this way for nothing. Not for nothing. No, we will offer you something. Something of gold. A prize that will give you power over all those men back in Asgard. I do not wish to subjugate them. I just want a kingdom of my own. Well, you cannot have it. There are nine realms, and there will never be more nor less. Regardless, tis a much more powerful thing to overcome your present circumstances than to run away from them. What are you suggesting? Take this relic, return home to Asgard, and make them respect you. I hear the wisdom in your words, witch. Asgard will have to do, for now. The giantesses raised their arms to the air, beginning to sway back and forth in a strange dance. 
their fingers writhed in strange patterns. Before them, at the conjunction of their three thrones, a molten mass of gold emerged from the ground. Jets of light flew from their fingertips, striking the mass. With each spell, the gold took further shape, shrinking until it was a stunning necklace. Engraved along it were intricate gold reliefs detailing Frigg's journey. At the center, a transparent stone shimmered with inner sunlight. So powerful was this light that it burst forth into the clouds, clearing the blizzard and allowing Frigg a view of Jotunheim in all directions. It is... It is marvelous. Odin has his treasures, Thor as well. But this one will be the envy of them all. I will call it Brisingamen, Necklace of Fire. Oh, we knew you'd like it. Come claim your prize. Frigg stepped forward, lifting the necklace from the puddle it had melted in the snow. It was heavy, but fit perfectly across her chest. Suddenly, filled with certainty, she withdrew her traveling sphere and, locating the button to Asgard, departed for that realm. <laughs> Enjoy your prize, goddess. It will cost you dear. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Today is the second part in our epic story on Freya, also known as Frigg, the Norse goddess of magic, sex, and gold. That last aspect becomes especially relevant today as we discuss Freya's necklace, Brisingamen. This was a much-revered artifact in the Viking Age. There's evidence to suggest that the Volva, the female magic practitioners of that time, wore their own version of Brisingamen. This may have communicated their position as Freya's representatives on Midgard, or even deeper, as extensions of the goddess herself. Keep in mind that the Norse gods were a complicated metaphor for natural concepts. Freya wasn't just the goddess of magic, sex, and gold. She was magic, sex, and gold. And so any vulva wearing her necklace would have been given immense respect. Freya perhaps hoped that the original Brisingamen would grant her the same. She left Asgard, coveting a treasure to rival the other gods and she received it either from the dwarves of Nidavellir or the giants of Jotunheim, depending on the version of the story. Freya's treasure was so beautiful that it led to her being permanently associated with gold, but it also led to another association, that of Freya as the crying woman, wandering the heavens in search of something she lost. But what or who did she lose? 
Today, we'll answer that question and conclude her story. In last week's episode, Freya, still going by her azier name, Frigg, walked out on her husband, Odin, nearly rekindled her romance with her brother, Frey, and sought revenge on Loki for the murder of her son, Baldur. Now armed with Brisingamen, she returns to Asgard to set these relationships right. But there are a few surprises waiting for her in the place she once called home. Coming up, Freya storms Odin's throne room. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The small orb worked its magic once again, and Frigg found herself whisked away from the snowy mountaintop to the warm halls of Valhalla. She landed right outside the throne room, where her husband held court. Frigg thrust open the massive doors. The radiance from her necklace filled the dark hall. She was surprised to see that the hall had fallen into disrepair and there was no one on the throne, no courtiers in sight. She was starting to think that she might be alone, but then she moved past the throne and saw a figure staring out of the tower window and down into the world tree. It was Thor, looking much more pensive than usual. He turned and started in surprise. Freak, you have returned. It has been so long. You! What are you doing in Odin's throne room? Where did you get that necklace? It shines like the heart of the sun. Try and focus. Why are you in here? And where is Odin? My wife Sif would be most pleased to have such a treasure. Keep your hand away. Do not touch it. As Thor's hand came into contact with the jewel, Frigg exploded with fire, sending Thor flying across the hall. He landed in a heap against the wall. Tell me where my husband is. Uh, I am sorry. That necklace, it seemed to enchant me. Odin is gone. We have not seen him in years. After we last saw you, he fell into a solemn state. He would not speak to anyone. 
Then he vanished. I have had to rule in his stead. You dare take his throne? I do not sit on the throne. I only ensure that the World Tree runs as it should. Has anyone gone looking for Odin? Of course! The Empress in Midgard has not seen him. Your family in Vanaheim has not seen him. I looked in Helheim. Loki looked in Alfheim and Nedevalir. Even Heimdall cannot see him. He is gone. He must just be wandering. Maybe in some unexplored corner of the World Tree. Anything is possible with Father. Indeed. Well, until he returns, I am fit to rule. My experiences while away were eye-opening. And why should we all just allow you to take over? Why should you lead when your greatest accomplishment is killing anything that moves? Your greatest treasures are a hammer and some gloves and a belt that make up for said hammer's shortcomings. Do not insult Mjolnir! Or what? Even before I had Briesengamen, my magic was more than a match for you. Or do I need to hurl you across the room again? I meant no offense. You just seem somewhat less... womanly than when I last saw you. You have no idea. My first action as ruler will be to find Loki and punish him for what he has done to me. To all of us! After that, I would like my brother to come visit. Your interference cut our reunion short. Your second goal, at least, will be an easy one. Frey is already here. What? After all this time, I thought he would have returned to Alfheim. Are you keeping him prisoner? I'll flay you alive! Please, calm yourself! Father brought him here after we found you together. Once it became clear that he didn't know where you had gone, Odin offered him the chance to return to Alfheim, but he refused. He refused? Why? He wished to wait for my return? Not exactly. So much time has passed, and you were gone for so long. Take me to him. I... very well, Frigg. But I should probably tell you he's... I do not need another Aesir telling me that it's unwise for me to see my own brother. Shut your mouth and take me to his chambers. Now! Frigg made Thor walk faster than he ever had in his life. They passed through the winding staircases and hallways of the palace until they came to a set of intricately carved doors. Thor reached for the doors, but she pushed him aside and thrust herself into the room. She was not prepared for what she saw inside. It was a large room with a dais in one corner by the windows. A large canopy bed was sat atop it, and in that bed was none other than her brother, Frey, and a beautiful maiden. Who dares? Wait, Freya? Call me Frigg, and you, brother, have a lot of explaining to do. Coming up, Frigg deals with the worst kind of betrayal. Hi there, it's Carter from ParCast. If you haven't had a chance to check out the riveting true crime series Solved Murders, there's no better time to tune in. Throughout the month of August, Solved Murders is featuring four celebrations that took a turn for the deadly in a special series we're calling Party Fowls. From a murder in the New York nightclub scene and a house party gone horribly wrong, 
to a terrifying evening at the Tate residence and a sex party with sinister results. Go deeper inside for affairs remembered for all the wrong reasons. And if you like what you hear with party fouls and want to uncover more of history's most captivating cases, be sure to follow Solved Murders on Spotify. There you'll find a new episode released every Wednesday. Solved Murders is a Spotify original from Parcast. Listen free only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Now back to the story. Frigg sat crooked in her chair, One arm was up on the headrest, the other she used to drum her fingers on the table. She hoped Frey was in awe, and a little afraid, of the magical necklace that now rested on her chest. She was seated in Frey's apartments, across from him and his new wife, Gerda the Giantess. May I offer you some wine? Maybe an apple? No, thank you. Sister, let us be honest. I know this is a terrible situation that we find ourselves in. We? The situation doesn't seem so terrible for you. You have a beautiful young wife. You now live in Asgard. Finally gave up the dirty old forest, eh? I notice you've covered your stunning physique for the first time that I can remember. Do not insult our childhood home. I will return one day. For now, I am happy to be here. You have Odin, I have Gerda. That doesn't mean we can't still care for each other. Doesn't it? Earlier, I dared not ask where you found this Jotun trash. I didn't think I had the stomach to find out. But now, now I can't help but ask. Why put yourself through the pain? Because the uncertainty would be worse. Tell me! Why can't you just accept- Tell me! I can- Shut up, Gerda! Very well. It was nearly a hundred years ago now shortly after I was released from Odin's custody. He tortured me for days, you know. I kept my mouth shut for you. Afterward, he offered me safe passage back to Alfheim. But something kept me here. I visited your children, learned that Thor was, as you said, changed, far more noble and peaceable than when I last knew him. Then came a night when all was quiet. After Odin had left and the other gods were keeping to their chambers, contemplating what this meant. I felt one of my roguish whims coming on. You know how I can get. (laughs) I thought I'd sneak into Odin's tower and sit on his throne. It was easy enough. The few guards that saw me recognized the queen's brother and let me pass. Once there, I was drawn past the throne and to that damned window behind it. 
I'd never seen a view of the world tree like that. So many different types of people going about their lives. And yet for all its sights, I found my gaze drawn to just one woman, Gerda. She was in the garden of her father, Gimir. Gardens in Jotunheim are much wilder than here. They grow from the tundra, full of magical roots and glowing fungi. But she tended to these plants as if they were the most beautiful flowers in all the realm. I never loved any woman other than you, Freya. Until that moment. Something happened inside me. I felt that I was destined to be with her. I'm sure that if I had consulted the Norns, they would have told me that this was true. I was terrified. I still didn't know what had become of you. I, I felt guilty over having eyes for another, but even more than that, I was afraid I would make a fool of myself. That I'd say the wrong thing and drive Gerda away forever. And so, I'm ashamed to say, I sent my friend Skirnir to her. Skirnir? You sent Skirnir? The servant Odin sends to do his dirty deeds? Indeed. I didn't realize this. He just seemed capable. He came to my house and threatened me with a sword. I would have slain him where he stood. Well, as I have no magic powers, I had to say yes. But when I realized what he wanted, I made him wait for nine days alone in the woods. <laughs> it was maddening. Well, at least she has enough sense to make you squirm. She came to me there, in a grove lit by moonlight and fireflies. She was even fairer up close than she had been from Odin's window. And when I saw him, I thought he was rather tall and noble-looking. Ugh, you mean he did the thing where he shows up naked? Well, yes, that didn't hurt either. We exchanged vows then and there, putting gold rings on each other's fingers. Did you not think of me at all? I thought you were lost to the world tree! You should have kept looking until you found me! Did you look for me when Thor and the others caught up to us? Of course you didn't. You had a quest to complete. That necklace must have come from the giantesses, a more worthy reward than a rescued brother. I suppose that neither of us was as in love as we would like to think. You're being glib, which not for nothing is rather Loki of you. Do not compare me to that creature! I am no longer your easygoing sister. I am the All-Mother, and I will punish those who fail to show the proper respect. Freya, you know I love you. That's Frigg to you. Goodbye, brother. Don't leave. I am going to find Loki. He has escaped punishment long enough. No, wait. You'll doom us all. What is that supposed to mean? The other gods and I, we have been planning. Planning? Planning for what? For Ragnarok, the end of the world. Odin was the first to learn of this fate, and Thor learned of it from the Norns. Odin never spoke to me of such things. He did not think any would believe him. That's why he had the Norns show Thor. Then Thor told all of us. Thor felt that even I should know, seeing as how I'm supposed to perish with the rest of you. And what is supposed to bring about this end of the world? You may not like the answer. Do not try my patience, brother. It is... Loki. Oh, of course! Why did I even need to ask? Where is he? What is there to plan? Kill him and be done with it! Odin swore an oath, 
They are S.H.I.E.L.D. brothers. I didn't say Odin should kill him. I said you kill him, Thor kill him, I'll kill him! According to Odin, that's what we always do. What? It's hard to explain. What do you mean that's what we always do? <sighs> Odin tells us that time is never-ending. Ragnarok has happened before, a thousand times, and is always caused by, well, by what we do to Loki. No matter if we kill him, or imprison him, or something else, I'm not sure, but Odin wants this time to be different. That's ridiculous. Even if I believed you, do the Norns not teach us that our fate is set? What have we been teaching the mortals all these years? If I understand it right, certain events are set. Odin calls them constants. But outside of those events, our actions may change, and destiny may be altered. Ragnarok cannot be stopped, but it can be a beginning instead of an end. How precious. So, we just let Loki off the hook for every crime he's ever committed, and we all get to live happily ever after? Somehow, I do not think so. I will save us. Treat Gerda well. As a new bride, she is under my protection. Everyone in Asgard knows that when Frey and Frigg get to talking, it's best to just let them go at it. And this had been an argument for the ages. Gerda felt lucky to have survived. In truth, all of Valhalla was lucky that Frigg didn't burn the palace to the ground. She stormed from Frey's chambers, her cloak billowing behind her, Briesinga men glowing at her throat. Outside, several minor gods that had been listening at the door scattered, trying to look innocent. Frigg ignored them and continued down the steps, through the gate, and out onto the fields of Asgard. She would kill Loki, whether it caused the end of the world or not. Coming up, Frigg takes her revenge. Now back to the story. Frigg, the self-appointed All-Mother of Asgard, stormed across the fields of her realm. She knew exactly who she wanted to talk to and where he could be found. She passed the rivers of Kormt and Ormt, arriving at the far bank just before the Rainbow Bridge. Sure enough, there was her prey, lounging as always, trying to seduce one of her maidens. Loki, the god of chaos, and the one who had murdered her son. Frigg darkened the sky and threw a magic bolt in his direction. It struck true. Loki yelped and the maiden leapt into the river for safety. Yeah. You! I thought you were dead. Go away! Loki mustered a pathetic attempt at a counterattack, casting the rune for Weaken and throwing it at her. She blocked it with a wave of her hand, then blinded him with a flash from Briesingamen. What did I ever do to you? How dare you? How dare you ask me that? You who killed my... As she held him by the collar, she took pleasure in his pathetic countenance. His gray skin was burnt black. His black eyes were blinded white. Snot and tears ran down his face. I taught you all the magic you know. 
I taught all of you. I am like a mother to the Aesir. And like any mother, I can take back that which I gave. Wait, wait, please, please. Don't take my magic, please. Oh, Loki. I'm going to take so much more than that. Balder. You're mad about Balder, right? I, I am sorry too. So much time has passed for us, but wherever you were, it must have been, what, months? Do not try to pretend that you have a heart. But I do. Since you've begun, I've... I've had children. Five of them. By two wives. It has changed me. Your infidelity is supposed to make me sympathetic to you. You do know I am the goddess of mothers. Well, maybe not that part. But I now understand what it is to care for another. To feel like there is a part of you wandering around out in the world. That is touching. Perhaps I should hunt these children down. Then you would know how I felt when you slew Balder. No, please, not my children. Kill me, but not them. I am sure they're just as horrible as you. They're young. They have hurt no one in Asgard. So which is it? Don't kill you, or don't kill your children? Who made you the arbiter of my fate? Certainly not Odin. He forgave me. Why can't you do the same? It was you that sheltered Balder so. That told me his one weakness. I've had enough of you. Oh, be still. You're so wrapped up in your revenge plot that you failed to see that we could be great allies. I desired the destruction of Asgard, and you should too. These people killed your kin. They practically imprisoned you here. Odin neglected your children. He is the Allfather. If he didn't want Balder to die, then he wouldn't have let him. Did you ever think of that? I'm not as vulnerable to your obvious manipulations as I once was. You are not wrong about Balder. You are chaos, and we invited you to him. And yet still, I would see you dead. Wait, wait! Bree Singerman glowed as Frigg prepared to reduce Loki to ash. He closed his eyes, hands gripping the dirt. He prepared to meet his end. But then, the dark sky was streaked with lightning. A roaring sound came from the direction of the palace. Frigg turned in shock to see several of the gods running toward her. There was Thor, Magni, Tyr, Heimdall, even some of her maidens. But worst of all was the tall, auburn-haired god at Thor's side. Frey had betrayed her. She stood and turned to face the oncoming gods, and in an instant they were upon her. Thor hurled a lightning bolt, but she directed it to strike Tyr. Magni swung his father's hammer at her head. Before the blow could land, she turned intangible, and it passed through her. She touched a spell to Magni's cheek, making him too weak to stand, much less wield Mjolnir. Frey and Heimdall closed in next, glittering armor protecting them from her spells. They did not aim to kill her. She was still their queen. They struck with the blunt ends of their weapons and their fists. She tried her best to deflect with magic, but it was too much. She fell under their blows and lay panting by the riverbank. Soon, Thor, Frey, and Heimdall stood over her, with the maidens tending to Magni and Tyr. She looked up into Frey's eyes. How could you? My sister, some things are too important. Even more important than love. 
Indeed. Brother. Her gaze drifted over behind them to where the battered Loki was already recovering from his injuries. He met her gaze, and across his blackened face spread just the faintest hint of a smile. Frigg's hand reached down and touched the silver teleportation orb in her pocket. She didn't know why her hand was drawn to it, but it was. Acting without thinking, she brought the orb from her pocket, smashing it against the central jewel of Brisingamen. The field exploded in a flash of bright blue light. It sent the gods hurtling away from Frigg. When the light finally faded, the gods looked up from the ground. There, floating above them, was Frigg. But she looked different. Her robes had burned away, and her skin was glowing with iridescent light. Her blue cloak remained, fluttering about her shoulders and back. Brisingamen still glowed at her throat, but it was now just a single golden light against her blue, shimmering body. Freak? I am no longer your queen. What does that mean? I am magic, fertility, fortune. I see the future and the past. Call me Freya, for I am no longer bound to Asgard. Mother of gods. Quiet! She does not seem to notice you. Will you return to Alfheim? Yes and no. I can see into the world tree. I exist in all realms. What do you mean? C come back to the palace. We will have your maidens attend to you. I am no longer bound to Asgard. I, I do not understand. I am above the Aesir and the Vanir. I must focus my attentions elsewhere. But I will come when you need me at Ragnarok. Above us? Freya, please listen to me! But she was already moving on. She turned from the other gods, tracing a large circle with her finger. As her finger moved, it cut a magic silver line into the air. When she completed the circle, it burst to life, opening a portal to the cosmos. Without a second glance, she stepped through. Freya! Freya no longer concerned herself with thoughts of Loki or Balder. She didn't think of Frey or any of her other extramarital lovers. She saw the world tree for what it was, an endless cycle. A cycle where the Vanir always lost to the Aesir, where Balder always died, where Loki always sowed endless mischief and strife. But she also saw how Odin's actions had made this cycle different. This intrigued her. She wished to know what his plan was, and to know that, she would have to find him. She moved throughout the world tree, or rather, it moved through her. She searched from Asgard to Helheim, the well of Erd, the roots of the world tree. She even passed through Muspelheim and Niflheim, the barren realms from which the others were formed. But none dwelled there, save for one, and he was not who she was looking for. 
She wandered and wandered, but it was for naught. Her husband had truly disappeared. She would never learn of his plan to change Ragnarok. Freya no longer had feelings, not in the traditional sense, but the idea that wisdom would always elude her was enough to make the goddess feel something resembling grief. And as she continued to travel through the cosmos, tears formed in her eyes and ran down her face. On Midgard, some could see her in the sky from time to time. They did not know why she wept, but they wept with her. She continued her responsibility of reaching down to the battlefields of Earth and shepherding the heroes to the afterlife. But after each battle, she resumed her search. Centuries passed, not just in Asgard, but in all the World Tree. The battles on Midgard grew more costly, more vicious. From axes and shields to muskets, then machine guns, then armored vehicles and aircraft. Freya was there through all of it. But then, finally, the day came. The trumpet sounded. The earth began to quake. Ragnarok had come. Today's myth, like our previous Norse episodes, is not a strict retelling, but a mixture of various Norse stories. On top of Freya's quest, we've woven in the myths of the death of Baldur and how Frey married Gerda. As always, Norse mythology is very difficult to piece together into a coherent narrative, so we took some necessary liberties to fill in the gaps. As we mentioned last week, many scholars agree that Frigg and Freya were the same goddess, separated in the early Middle Ages. The exact reason for this is unclear, but history gives us enough evidence to make an educated guess. Scandinavia underwent the process of Christianization over several centuries. This was due to the fact that worship of the Norse deities was especially persistent. In order to chip away at Norse pagan belief, old mythologies were countered with new ones. To this end, a new story detailing how Freya got her necklace was composed by two Christian priests in the late 1300s. In this version, entitled Sorla Pator, Freya is a human concubine who leaves Odin's side and sleeps with several dwarves in exchange for a beautiful necklace. When she returns home, Loki steals the necklace and gives it to Odin. Odin demands that Freya enchant two kings to fight each other for eternity in exchange for the return of the necklace. She does this, and the kings fight for 143 years until a Christian warrior comes and kills them for good. This version of the story shows how Christian influence affected Norse mythology. They depict Freya as promiscuous and shallow, compared to her earlier, more respectful incarnations. This, in turn, might have led later scholars to assume she was different from Frigg. But missionaries can't be entirely blamed for these inconsistencies. Even before the arrival of Christianity, many different versions of the Norse religion were practiced by various tribes throughout Northern Europe. So it's possible that to some groups, Frey and Frigg were the same, while to others, 
they were different. But no matter the story, Freya is a powerful goddess whose domain encompasses many of the things that make life worth living. She feels more substantial than a god of war or a god of thunder, as if she were heaven itself. However, even heaven is threatened by the onset of Ragnarok, and when that time comes, even Freya will face her end. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday we dive into the dark origins of both iconic and obscure fables. We'll be back Tuesday with another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Kenny Hobbs, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Greg Castro, with writing assistance by Robert Teamstra and Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Joe Hernandez, Alastair Murden, Ellie Schiff, and Rebecca Thomas. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hi, listeners. It's Carter. Here's a quick reminder to check out the Solved Murders four-part special Party Fowls. Every Wednesday in August, take a closer look at four celebrations that ended in horrific fashion. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Solved Murders. Listen free only on Spotify. Spotify.